Today on Just World Podcasts, Algeria's popular movement making waves. Hi, I'm Helena Cobbin, the president of Just World Educational. This week's podcast is the eighth in our Story Backstory project, which explores Washington's current policies in the Middle East and the Middle East itself in a broader historical perspective. Most of the weekly podcasts in this series are linked to written opinion columns that get published a couple of days earlier. This week, because of the groundbreaking nature of Algeria's amazing and sustained pro-reform popular uprising, which has been so sadly underreported in the English-language media, we're doing things a little differently. For the text portion of this week's project, there's an interview that I conducted earlier this week with veteran Algeria specialist William B. Quant. And for the podcast portion, I have an exclusive interview in English that I conducted last Wednesday with the Algerian poet and thinker Amin Khan. Just a little quick recap here about what's been happening in Algeria. Algeria was due to have presidential elections this month, and earlier in the year, the country's aging and functionally incapacitated president, Abdelaziz Bouteflika, announced that he would be seeking a fifth term in office. Upon hearing that announcement, on February 22nd, people and families throughout this large North African country started taking to the streets in their millions. Unlike in the anti-authoritarian protests that erupted in Egypt and elsewhere in early 2011, the Algerian protesters have not yet sought to establish permanent or semi-permanent encampments in any of the country's cities. But rather, they limit their large, all-encompassing protests to Fridays, while on the intervening days, smaller groups like students or nurses or lawyers organize various actions within their own professions, workplaces or schools. The Friday demonstrations have all been massive, and notably they have received strong support from some of the remaining veterans of the hard-fought independence war that Algerians waged against the French in the 1950s. People like the famous female independence fighters Jamila Buhered and Zahra Drif. Then last week, on April 2nd, Buta Flika announced not just that he would not run again, but also that he would resign, effective immediately. The country's very powerful army chief, Gaed Saleh, who had almost certainly orchestrated Buta Flika's resignation, also announced the postponement of the elections until July. These steps did not satisfy the demonstrators, who turned out in very large numbers again last Friday, and early reports from today say that the demonstrations are once again nationwide and very well attended. Amin Khan, who is my guest on today's episode, was the author of a key article published April 5th on the French-language HuffPost Maghreb website, in which he laid out a nine-step program by which, over the course of the coming year, Algeria might transition successfully from its current situation as a sclerotic quasi-dictatorship, in which the powerful military pulls all the real strings, into being a fully functioning democracy. I have translated this article into English, and I posted it yesterday on our blog, at our website 
www.justworldeducational.org. If you go there, just click on the blog tab at the top of the homepage and it will be one of the top items under the title Algeria's Amazing Mass Movement Makes Gains. On the homepage of the Just World Educational website, you'll also see a prominent button that will send you to all the content we have now produced in this multi-week story backstory project. And you'll find a handy tab on the website that tells you how you can donate to support our work. Please consider doing so. I urge you to explore all the resources that we make available through the website and through our lively Just World Ed accounts on Twitter and Facebook. I'm extremely grateful to Bill Quant and Amin Khan for taking the time to engage in these two interviews on Algeria's popular movement that we are very happy to share with the worldwide English-speaking audience this week. So now, here's my conversation with Amin Khan, which we conducted on Wednesday, April 10th, with Amin speaking to me from Algiers on a slightly imperfect Skype connection. I have on the phone with me Amin Khan, who is um, an Algerian poet currently in Algiers. Is that right, Amin? Yes, yes. Well, what a, an interesting time for you to be there. So it seems clear from what you've been writing in um, HuffPost Maghreb and elsewhere that you're very much engaged with this amazing popular movement. And so I'd, I'd love you to start out by just telling telling us a few points about the organization and philosophy of this uh, protest movement. Well, you see, uh, I think that this popular movement has uh, surprised everybody, uh, including uh, the people who wished that uh, someday the Algerians would rise against the uh, uh, very uh, dire conditions they were living in. And uh, a few few months, a few weeks still uh, before the uh, uh, February 22nd, um, most of people were uh, were really um, have have well. I think that many people had lo- had lost hope that that uh, something positive would come about. Uh, there was this humiliation of. Uh, of the regime wanted to to extend itself uh, through a fifth term of a president who had been unable to to walk, to talk, to read or write for uh, maybe seven years, uh, six or seven years, uh, and and uh, this was really uh, this was really difficult to, to live. So. So when when this uprising started, and the way it started also, I mean, throughout the territory, the vast territory of Algeria, involving uh, uh, all the uh, categories of the population, uh, all the political opinions and uh, ideologies and so on, it, 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 it was... It was uh, Surprising, to say the least. I mean, this 
this uh, was unprecedented, and uh, and the quality of it was extraordinary. I mean, it, it, it's 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 a movement that uh, that showed. Uh, uh, intelligence of the situation, political consciousness, and and it was all done in a very peaceful way. There was a lot of anger as the source of this uh, uprising, but the the the, the way uh, the Algerians have expressed themselves is really extraordinary. Peacefully. Yes, please. Could I just ask you a, a little bit more about the sources of the anger? And you talked about dire conditions. So are we talking about sort of the national humiliation of having this um, completely incapacitated president? Or are we talking about dire economic conditions? What kind of dire conditions led to this? Well, I'm, I'm, I have in mind uh, uh, more Particularly the the uh, what what has been what has been perceived by the Algerians as an uh, attempt à leur dignité. Uh, people felt humiliated, uh, and the the, the Abu was only the top of the iceberg. Uh, this this has been a regime. Uh, that has uh, really uh, been a corrupt regime, uh, inefficient. There was uh, a series of missed opportunities and uh, to for uh, development, and uh, the the result is that uh, it has created a very uh, a very uh, uh, very difficult uh, circumstances for the Algerian people. But I think that. If you like the uh, decisive factor of of the of the protest of this uh, this protest has been uh, the sense of dignity of the Algerians had been tempered with. Interesting. So I saw from uh, the French newspaper Nouvel Observateur that there was a, a piece of paper that um, another, I guess, one of your fellow poets put out called the 18 Commandments, which kind of gave some guidelines for how protesters should behave with dignity and um, with restraint. And even he said you should smile at the, uh, at, at the police and the gendarmes and the security forces. So I was amazed to see this. Is that a, that sort of a a general idea that people have had in all these demonstrations throughout, as you say, the very large country of Algeria? Oh yes, it has been. Uh, it has been throughout, and the it has been the behavior of uh, everybody, every demonstrators. And mind you, people have been demonstrating by the millions. Uh, the last Friday. There were over 20 million people uh, in all the cities and towns and villages of uh, Algeria, and all behaving the same way, uh, being friendly to each other, to the police forces. Uh, it's 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 a new <clears throat> people have have the feeling that it's a rebirth of uh, of Algerian society uh, because it, it runs 
completely against what uh, the regime has uh, created or attempted to create in terms of uh, <clears throat> in terms of norms, uh, social norms, uh, behaviors, all corruption leader. You see, uh, and. Uh, and it's 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 amazing that there has not been one single incident. You know, even even uh, people were demonstrating with families. Uh, you had you had old people. You had babies. You know, uh, uh, it's it's a whole people expressing itself in this very peaceful. Uh, and uh, we we say here civilized way, <laughs> and and in fact this is a, this is a wonderful lesson that has been drawn from uh, from the uh, the decade of uh, horrific violence that we have known in the 1990s. Uh, I think that uh, that the Algerians don't want to live that again. But at the same time, they are determined to uh, to change the situation. So they are not accepting uh, anymore that this uh, regime stays. Uh, but they want to uh, throw it over in a peaceful and uh, political way, in civilized manner, with no violence, but just with the the strength of the the will of uh, a whole people expressing itself. Uh, in that uh, direction. I think it, it's so inspiring, just the little that I know about it. Um, so in the article, the interview that I conducted with Bill Quant, he said um, that a lot of energy is now going into discussing how to find some balance point between everything must go and the idea that President Bouteflika's recent departure is the most that can be expected in the near term. And I think that sort of encapsulates what I imagine all of you people there in the uh, cities and towns of Algeria are discussing. So in the article that you had in HuffPost Maghreb on April 5th, you actually laid out a fairly... Um, comprehensive list of things that need to happen, including, um, for example, you, you called for the immediate dissolution of the NPC, which I guess is the, uh, it, I'm using Google Translate here, sorry, it's really terrible, but I think you're calling for the immediate the dissolution. National Assembly. Yeah, of the, of the lower house of parliament, of the Senate, and of the Constitutional Council. So that's mm -hmm. pretty radical. It's, it feels radical to me. And then um, the formation of a democratic transition government um, composed mm -hmm. of persons recognized in society for their patriotism, integrity, independence, competence, and so, so forth. And then that, that democratic transition government would have a year, basically, to produce a, a new constitution and prepare for a new democratic election. Um, so this seems very comprehensive to me. Have you received much um, positive feedback or are there other people thinking along these same lines? Or how, how do you characterize the debates that are happening inside Algeria over these kind of um, roadmap type issues right now? Well, you see, uh, in in that 
this article I have expressed uh, more or less what uh, what people within the popular movement uh, think should happen. Uh, it may seem radical. In fact, it is just taking into account a reality. The reality is that all the so-called institutions uh, that we that we have or that are that of the regime are plain and simple fictitious. The National Assembly has never been elected. The, the Constitutional Council is, is made of cronies of the, of the president uh, uh, and so on and so forth. I mean, the, 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 so, so all this, uh, this set of so-called institutions have just allowed the regime to put uh, a good face on on a situation that uh, that was not really uh, up to the uh, standards that 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 we uh, in this in these times think uh, a state should uh, should uh, should have. So uh, obviously the the political problem of regime change and, and by the way this is exactly what people have been expressing day after day week after week that the 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 the, the algerian people want total radical regime change they they don't want any reform within the system or just changing uh, uh, some people by 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 some people uh, the the the, uh, uh, the 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 what is needed is really and this is what is expressed. Uh, what is needed is is a change of the rules. Uh, people want to have the rule of law. They want to have real democracy. They want to have real freedom of expression, uh, of thinking, and, and 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 so on and so forth. I mean, they they if people feel that they deserve the right to uh, build a functioning democracy. And you see, this is exactly the opposite of what we have now. Uh, what we have is, a, is an authoritarian regime, corrupt regime, that is, uh, that is uh, really not even able to deliver on the on the basic uh, decent conditions of uh, of human life you know i actually did some studies about political transitions to democracy um about 12 or 15 years ago and there are a lot of um interesting examples from east europe from latin america from post-Franco Spain and others where you had a very, I think in many cases, a very similar situation of people with democratic longings in a, in a country that had some of the, the trappings, some of the appearance of democracy, but actually everything was being manipulated from behind the scenes by the military. So I wonder if you've been in, in in touch with or if you've studied some of these other examples 
Of course, yes, and uh, and uh, it is clear in the case of uh, Algeria that we have had a regime that uh, since uh, independence uh, has been a regime uh, not only controlled by the army but actually uh, made made uh, by the army, and in that sense, it has been kind of hold up on the, on the on the independence uh, of the Algerian people and uh, uh, the, the, throughout the decades uh, the regime has tried to put up a civilian face to it and uh, uh, but it was the uh, real power the army that was uh, behind the uh, Choice of uh, that or that president, uh, and and it goes way way beyond the choice of the president because basically the whole uh, the whole government uh, the whole uh, so-called institutions uh, are really uh, uh, chosen by this uh, this uh, power uh, in in, in uh, Algerian society and. Uh, the one difference we have with uh, with Latin American experiences or former Soviet Union or former Eastern European uh, dictatorships is that uh, the the Algerian people had the experience of liberating themselves by themselves uh, against a, a very fierce colonial system that has lasted in this country uh, 132 years, a settlement colony uh, and, and, and a very oppressive system and so on and so forth. And the fact that we survived this and uh, not only we survived it, but we were able to to, to to gain our independence through armed struggle with uh, the little means that we had uh, sh- shows that you have in these people uh, I would say mental cultural resources spiritual resources uh, that uh, that uh, help us explain maybe to some extent, what's happening now. Uh, people have been very patient. I mean, they can be, the Algerians have been very patient and they can be patient. Uh, they, but uh, comes a time when, when they feel that enough is enough, uh, they react uh, uh, in a very powerful way. And the extraordinary thing is that this, this, uh, this expression uh, is peaceful and I strongly hope that it remains peaceful because if it were uh, to, uh, to, 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 to change uh, in this regard, that would be catastrophic in my sense. Yes, I think um, the example of Syria in particular, um, but other other of the examples from the Arab Spring show that when the when the popular movement resorts to to arms, I mean they can never actually overcome a repressive government. Well, here nobody is is really uh, thinking in. Uh in these terms or in, or in violence, or having recourse to, to violence. The, the problem is that uh, uh, 
some mafia-like uh, uh, groups may uh, try to create incidents and uh, bloodshed and within the uh, this uh, very peaceful uh, movement. And you have also maybe some sectors in government that may think that they, uh, in order to discredit the movement, they maybe uh, use repression. Uh, and we have seen that uh, yesterday and, and today, by the way, where very peaceful demonstrations by students and so on have been uh, have been repressed by uh, by the police uh, forces. But the reaction of the students and of the, the professors and the, the citizens there was to respond to this uh, with calm and dignity and and uh, certainly not to violence. People are very much aware that violence. Uh, will not will not help in any way the Algerian people. Uh, quite the contrary, and 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 people who think that they can use violence uh, from the other side uh, to to clamp the movement or to destroy it or to to uh, are, are just just you know uh, dreaming uh, because when you have uh, uh, basically a whole people. Uh, you know, rising up in this manner, uh, showing a high level of consciousness, of political, uh, political acumen and, and determination, you know, little maneuvers and so on are not going to be of any use. So um, we had an we had an interesting uh, presentation last week from uh, Professor Roberts um, from Tuff University, and he pointed out that um, three of the main sort of civilian pillars of the regime have actually expressed support for the uh, for the protest movement, and these are the the, the political parties and um, the professional organisations and the association of. Uh, veterans of the independent struggle. I would say Mujahideen and Mujahidat, except that in the American concepts, those those terms are, mm. are a little uh, loaded. So let's just call them veterans of the independent struggle. So that seems to be, um, I, would say, I would say, quite a, a positive thing that, that so many people who were part of the, the, the civilian underpinnings of the, regime, of the military regime have come over in essence to the protest movement. Do you think you can somehow build on that and um, have a dialogue with the military to, to ensure anything peaceful or, or it's not the time for dialogue with the military? Well, you see, I think that uh, more than what uh, Hugh Roberts was saying, you have actually or, or we we can sense that uh, sympathy for the movement is really coming not only from these circles, but also uh, from uh, from the police and the army itself. We can only uh, see that uh, there was no attempt by the army to 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 crush the movement, uh, and I think this is. Uh, decision that that uh, that has been made uh, a very wise one uh, you have also the magistrates the people of the law 
the, the, the lawyers, but the judges and so on, uh, also that, that are basically the, the main civilian structure, if you like, of, of, uh, of the regime that have uh, expressed not only their support, but they are participating in the, in the popular movement. So, in, in, in a nutshell, you have on one side, basically all the Algerian people, uh, except maybe some uh, clientels of the regime and, uh, you know, but, but in terms of social and political forces, you have on one side all the Algerian people, basically, and on the other side you have the regime. So it's a very simple equation. Now, how to move from from this situation where there, of course, uh, no no political uh, regime uh, is going to offer its uh, resignation and admit that it has been rejected, uh, even when the demonstrations are, are that big. But how to move from this to building uh, democratic institutions, that's, uh, that's tricky because what we see now is that, uh, that uh, the army is, although claiming its, uh, its uh, support for the popular movement, is still using uh, bits and pieces of the constitution to really have a transition, so-called transition, because it's not a real one. Uh, but in, in in the sense that it will it will maybe uh, ensure the stability of the regime, uh, not uh, not uh, not the country. Although the constitution has been stepped upon uh, when the when President Bouteflika has decided uh, to cancel, uh, pure and simple, the presidential elections that were due in uh, April. So. Uh, you see, the army is still trying to uh, refer to the to the constitution, even though it basically doesn't doesn't exist anymore, and is hesitant to take the step of uh, calling for a, a real transition that could take place only if uh, uh, very independent uh, people, representatives of the popular movement, are really called to uh, take charge of the government of the country and to prepare in an independent way with the support of the population and of the army uh, the conditions for uh, a new constitution and the new uh, parliamentary and the presidential elections. Well, it actually sounds like a very exciting set of changes, and it sounds as if, you know, having this uh, sort of wonderful spirit in the streets that you're already building, you know, some kind of democratic ways of thinking and interacting with people, I'm sure you'll need a whole year, maybe more than a year, to get the kind of institutions that you want. So I, I hope that I can talk to you again and you can come onto the podcast again in a 
couple of months' time and tell us how it's going. But thank you very much, Amin Khan, for, for being with our listeners today. Uh, thank you.